1: Now I don't know what you think, but Christmas seems to come around very quickly these days. But for the retired school teacher at the heart of our next story, the passing of time is not something to worry about. In fact, for him, it's a real passion.
2: I'm Bill Williams. I own a museum called Collecting Clocks. I've been collecting clocks for about 28, 30 years and uh, I have currently 3,822 clocks. unknown. Uh, so people ring up and say, I've got a clock here, would you like it? Uh, and how and far I will say, you go to get them? Timbuktu.
1: <laughs> now, you're dangling a key there. Is that the key to the museum?
2: That's the key to the museum indeed, yes. Shall we go and have a look? We'll go indeed, this way. As you see, I've got um, nearly 14 acres here. It's quite a lovely rural existence. I We're just it.
1: on the edge of the small town of Colleton in the Manawatu, aren't we?
2: Yes. Well, well, it's not a town, it's a village. A village. Yes. This here that you can see uh, the ahead, that's my museum. It's a church built in 1876.
1: And was it? has it always been here?
2: No, it was in Palmerston
1: what's that? It says Tardis over there.
2: <laughs> that's my portaloo. <laughs> Do you know what Tardis means? Yeah, There's but not, what, what does it? What does the word Tardis mean?
1: No, I don't know.
2: Time and relative dimensions in space.
1: <laughs> Shall we go on in? Yep.
2: Just I'll
1: just pull the door back. There we go. Boots off, nice and then nice we go. That. Oh. And even before we've set our foot in the door, there's <coughs> clocks to sort of almost climb over. Okay, this,
2: this is a wonderful thing. I bought this uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and it's going up on the museum, on the front of the museum. They range in age from early 1700s, that one there with the long pendulum, mm-hmm. that's about 1718, and then... The, mo- the most modern ones would be around, around about 1980. Nowadays, anything more than 1980 will be a battery clock. And I don't, I don't collect battery clocks.
1: So these mm. are traditional wind-up clocks?
2: mechanical clocks that are either wind-up or weight-driven.
1: Now, mm. what is your favourite clock?
2: Right, well, the favourite clock in this room
1: is this one. Don't tell me you've got more rooms, Bill. Oh, yes.
2: That's my favourite. It's about 1920s. That's American.
1: Looks like it was a clock on a station wall or something. It, it looks like it's enormous. it, it's,
2: it's actually not a, It's not a wall clock that's been adapted. It was actually made like this.
1: So it's actually a small table? Yes. With the clock face as yes. the tabletop?
2: Uh, and you see it's on, it's on casters. It's on a, a little octagonal cabinet... Beautifully made. Beautifully made. Yes, it's a mirror. Little,
1: little cupboard underneath. Little yes, doors. What yes. are in there? I'm having a look. I
2: don't know what was what uh, was originally in there. It might have been a wine cabinet or something. It was stood in the middle of a probably of a large parlor. I got it from a guy who bought it from a, an estate. And he showed it to me, and I said, ''Oh, it's lovely. How much do you pay for it?'' And he said, ''200.'' I said, ''You stole it. It's worth 2,000.'' About three months later, knock on the door, the guy came on, so he said, ''Do you want this clock?'' And bear in mind, I said, ''It was worth 2,000.'' So I said, ''Well, how much do you want for it?'' He said, ''Give me 250 and it's yours.''
1: Now, what's the strangest clock you have here?
2: This one here is a particular little favourite of mine. A little dog um, cocking his leg on the (laughs) lamppost.
1: And the lamppost has a clock on top. Yes. Does it still go? Yes. Do all your clocks still go?
2: They... When I put them in here, I only put them in if they are going. So if they're not going, they go into my spares and repairs room or whatever... But at most of them now will probably need a good oil. That's and probably
1: all. a good wind-up.
2: And wind yep. <laughs> I, I used to, when I, when I was open on Saturday mornings only, I used to come in here on Saturday morning and wind 50 up in this room, 50 up in the next room, a different 50 every week.
1: That would have taken a while. And it would have taken a while, and, and I have got a bit tired of it. <laughs> so you've just let them, let them go? Yes. And they've all got different times now on their faces? They have. Well, when I
2: wind them up, I never put them to time anyway, so they're, they're all showing different times. Because
1: they'd drive you nuts if so you had to listen to all that always, chiming all at once. Yes,
2: but there's, and there's always a, 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 a bing-bong, bing-bong, or goo 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 going off whenever people come in. So it's quite good.
1: Are these clocks all collected within New Zealand?
2: Oh, um, I've bought, or oh, I should say, probably about fifty, when we've been on holiday overseas. But the vast majority, all the others, have been bought somewhere in New Zealand. The most represented country would be England, followed by Germany, then possibly USA, then France, then every single country that's ever produced clocks.
1: Who are the best clockmakers? Are they the Swiss?
2: No, because they don't make many clocks. The Swiss are mainly watchers. Germany produced the best clocks. France produced the most expensive ones. Did you recognise the time?
1: I think everyone will know that one. Yes.
2: <laughs> Frere Jacques. I, uh, I, when I bought the clock, I had no idea that it played the Frere Jacques. I thought, I'll just buy it, put it in my spares and repairs room um, for if I want to take spares out of it. And I thought, oh, I'll just wind it up and listen to it. And it went, oh. It's the only one in the whole room that plays the Frere Jacca. So I rushed down to the place where I'd bought it in Carousel and gave them an extra 50 bucks.
1: Houses and days gone by would always have a clock that chimed in the hall.
2: Yes, it's a thing of the past.
1: And, and what do you think it brings to a home, that sounds that chime? Oh,
2: it, 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 it makes a home, it makes it more homely makes it more... It's not a house anymore, it's a home. Up up to the 1960s, the clock was a part of the furniture of the house. From 1960 up to about 1980, 85, then a clock was just simply something to tell the time. But after about about 1985 or mid-'80s or whatever, then it, it ceased to be even that... Um, because a lot of houses nowadays don't have a clock.
1: And we use our phones, don't we?
2: Yes, well, that's right. Um, our very few people under 30 have a watch.
1: Do you have younger people coming into your museum and thinking, what on earth is going <laughs> on here?
2: Oh, yes, I, I love every, every year the teacher from the local school brings her first years down. They do a unit on time. And so when they do the unit on time, she brings them to my museum. Oh, and it's wonderful, wonderful. There's Usually about 15 of them. And, um, and what
1: questions do they ask?
2: Oh, uh, how does this work? And how many batteries do you go go through? I, said, I don't go through batteries. Oh, they, they, they find it very, very difficult to understand that.
1: What is the worst sounding clock you've got?
2: Um must be probably one of the American clocks, because the American clocks, although they're, they're quite good clocks, and they're quite reliable, they've got a terrible gong. They, they don't chime on chime bars like the Europeans do, like that one that we just heard. They, they, they chime on a, a coiled gong, and it's harsh. It's... Bang!
1: <laughs> that sounds like the House of
2: Horrors. My, I remember my sister-in-law when, she, whenever she came up, we used to have to take all the clocks out of the house, out of the room where she was, because she couldn't stand the, the sound of even the ticking.
1: Well, if you had a hundred clocks on the wall, that was a bit unfair, Bill. <laughs>
2: It's getting more and more difficult to find the clocks, mainly because I've got most of them, (laughs) Uh, but also because uh, clocks are not really part of young people's life anymore, and so they wouldn't dream of buying one. Most of the clocks that I've bought are, are from older people or from estates.
1: What got you into clock collecting? In
2: 1988, I went to Auckland and saw a clock in the window of a second hand shop. I thought, gee, that would look nice on the mantelpiece at home. I bought it, took it home, opened the back to look at it, and here I am, three thousand eight hundred and twenty one clocks later.
1: It became a real fascination for you. It did,
2: yes. Yes.
1: What, what was it that actually got you? I, I th- do I think it was. I think it was the,
2: the fact it was a pendulum clock. Uh, this one that I, I got, and the pen, the movement really intrigued me. There are two separate parts to a clock. There's a the part that makes it go, and then the part that makes it chime or strike. And I really got hooked on both. Oh, by the way. That one, that clock over there, the ball, hanging ball. Yes, I called, can't even
1: see a clock face.
2: Yes, it's called the Francis Drake Falling Ball Clock. It was put out to commemorate Drake's round the world voyage in 1577. To wind it up, you push the ball right up to the top, and it drops down to the bottom over a period of eight days, and the the collar in the middle goes round from right to left and indicates the time on the arrow. They were made in 1977. Anyway, here comes absolutely here. My favourite clock of the whole lot is in here.
1: And we've entered another room just brimming with them.
2: This little fellow is my favourite. <laughs> I call him Fritz. He was made in 1920 and carved out of a single piece of mahogany. Uh, the right eye tells you the hour. The left eye tells you the minutes, and it goes round like this.
1: Uh, the eyeball is moving. The eyeball's
2: moving, and you see the eyeball's got a got a line in the eyeball. Yes. And that tells you the time.
1: <laughs> this is a little uh, a little dog, and we're talking about the eyes of the dog, which tell yes. the time. You've also got some quite retro-looking clocks yes. up there on the wall, the 70s vibe 70s, from the, yes. on that one.
2: You see you see the one with the orange face? Mm. See, when Kathy saw it, she said,
1: Oh, get rid of it, get rid of it!
2: So we got rid of it.
1: Do you find a lot of stuff comes in here because Kathy wants to get rid of it? Yes. And you've got some rather grand-looking grandfather oh, clocks.
2: Oh, yes. Now, what about that one there? That is my pride and joy... That's all made out of matchsticks. Yes. It's got matchsticks glued on hardboard in the door, but if you look inside, there's no hardboard there. It's all a double layer of matches.
1: That's incredible. When was that made?
2: In the 1940s, 50s, and it was made by a prisoner in Christchurch Jail.
1: That would have whiled away a few hours. A few hours
2: indeed. Apparently, he was a lifer, so he had plenty of time on his hands. <laughs> oh, look at those. This one is the most expensive clock in the whole um, collection. Describe it for us. It's, it's called a garlic set, and the matching, the matching vases on the side of the, uh, of the clock are called the garlicers. so the whole thing is a garlicer set. Is a And Garnetjer is a French word that simply means sight piece. And the reason that that is so valuable uh, is because the decoration was done, was hand-painted by a famous painter called Stinton, Harry Stinton, um, who hand-painted it and signed it. And because of that, it's worth mega bucks.
1: Wow-wee. this is in- absolutely incredible. I'm blown away by your collection, Bill. It's, it's, it's just a real, it's a life's work, isn't it?
2: Oh, it is, yes. Uh, um... Do you take
1: a lot of joy coming in here or do you think, oh, let's oh, clean don't... those cobwebs off?
2: The... No, no, I, uh, <laughs> I don't see the cobwebs.
1: <laughs> You're running out of space here, Bill. Oh, I've run... Are you going to keep on collecting?
2: Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> you can't help yourself?
2: I keep telling my wife I'll stop. I'll stop when I get to hundred I, I remember telling you when I, um, when I first got married, I said I'll stop when I get to a hundred, and she thought I meant a hundred clock.
1: <laughs> what are you going to do with this collection when Bill is no longer?
2: Well, I don't know, but it, I'm in some material anyway because I've decided I'm going to live forever.
1: Time is not an issue for you. No. <laughs>
2: once again the hour
1: The chimes at Bill Williams' Colleton Clocks Museum in Manawatu. Now Bill also has a wonderful Christmas lights display at his place and he starts decorating in October and people come from all over to take a peek at the drive lined with reindeer and the trees hung with shiny baubles. Bill's clock museum is open at the weekends or by appointment and he told me he'd love to show you round.